Your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your values. Your values become your destiny. Mahatma Gandhi. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to my sub podcast, Values for the Common Good. If you've not listened to this podcast before, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to the first episode because it is there which I explain this concept. I also recommend that you check out my blog, which is edtechemergent, E-D-T-E-C-H-E-M-E-R-G-E-N-T.com, as you'll also learn more about this podcast as well as me and the many things that I'm posting about these days. So we are now up to the next value, which is the value number six, and this is France. Now, France is the country that the uh, author of the book that we're using here, Dr. Mandeep Rai, she uses this country to illustrate protest. And she says in the very first line of her brief chapter, there is nothing more French than going on strike. She says regarding the strikes that she actually herself encountered when she has visited France, she says on page 29, although protest might be inconvenient, it is also a brilliant, beautiful, vital part of any functioning society. And France is justifiably proud of how it has over the course of centuries, shown the world its enduring power. And then she goes on to remind us, and I apologize in advance for mispronouncing these three important French words, that France is the home of liberté, which is, she says, achieving freedoms and indeed having the freedom in the first place to make your voice heard. Egalité, which she says again, is a fairer society where the rights of women, workers, and all minorities are supported, a society of equals, which will, with well-being, at its heart. And then finally, the last part of the rallying cry, of course, of the French Revolution, fraternité, which is solidarity and supporting each other. She concludes her, again, brief chapter by saying, quote, "...protest is what leads to progress." It is also what allows anger at injustices to find an outlet and not stay bottled up in dangerous ways. Everyone has a right for their voice to be heard. France shows the world what it looks like when that happens. And that is on page 31 of her book, The Values Compass. Now, protest is a very interesting concept, but an essential value even during times of crisis like this. And perhaps especially during times of crisis, because it is through protest that change comes, as Dr. Rye says in her chapter. And as we've seen in big ways like the French Revolution and also in smaller ways throughout American and global history. And I think at this point that the challenge is, and I've been feeling this very much so these last days, is that in this crisis moment when people are suffering economically, physically, socially, spiritually, people who are falling ill with COVID, who are dying of this disease, who are mourning loved ones who have died of this disease. I think that there is that temptation to not 
protest. To keep our mouths shut, to just say, well, the government can do whatever it does or doesn't do, and uh, we have to kind of keep our heads down and, and kind of make sure that, you know, we're not rattling the boat, so to speak, or making waves in society. And I'm tempted, really, to fall into that. But I'm having to resist that temptation because I think that we've seen already how forms of protest have gotten attention in the moment of crisis. You know, we've seen doctors and nurses going on social media saying, look, we need more masks. We need more respirators and ventilators. We need more protective gear. And people are responding to that. There are people who are at the state level who are protesting the way that the federal government is not responding adequately and they are getting results. I also think that there are those who continue to do the form of protest that we as citizens have in the United States, which is reaching out to our congresspeople, sending them letters or making phone calls and sending emails. Um, you know, I never used to do that very often, but I've done that a lot more in the last few years because it does have results. Even if your representative or your senator supports something that you support, it is helpful for you to call just so that whoever gets the message logs and documents your voice. If your senator disagrees with something, that's also important, maybe more important for you to call so that your voice and your concern gets documented. I was thinking about this word yesterday when I attended in a protest yesterday, right here, well, not right here in Ohio, but from right here in Ohio. Now, you might be wondering, wait a second, you know, were these folks who were protesting, were we um, breaking the stay-at-home regulations? Uh, no, no, we weren't, because it was a virtual protest. Just as folks have been meeting on Zoom to have business meetings or to have a recovery group or to uh, have church worship or dialogue or prayer, whatever it might be, teach lessons, I know, we met yesterday to protest. Well, who is the we? The we is an important group, and I'll put a link to their materials in the blog post that goes with this podcast. It is called The Poor People's Campaign, A National Call for Moral Renewal. Hopefully you've heard about it. The chairperson and the most visible person with this is the Dr. Reverend William Barber II. And for probably more than a year now, maybe two years, not a long period of time, but um, he and others have been raising their voices, gathering in places and important um, avenues to speak out for poor people. And the protest yesterday was to remind our leaders at the federal level and the state level that when there are these quote unquote bailout bills that are going through Congress to help people during this time period to not forget about the people who are most impacted by this economic situation, which are the poor, which are the low wage learners, earners, which are the people who don't have affordable or accessible health care. And this little online uh, rally protest yesterday, um, we tried some chants individually by ourselves. We sang. Um, I didn't see any signs. That's always the uh, fun part that uh, I've enjoyed when I've gone to actual face-to-face -face protests, making the sign. What am I going to say and how am I going to do it? 
and um, this wasn't involved yesterday. But nevertheless, it was good to gather. It was good to speak out. And I, I think it was good to protest because during this time period, there is a lot of fear. There is a lot of anxiety, but there's also a lot of anger that things have not been handled as well as they could. I'm in a comfortable place. I am not in the front lines of this. So my anger is different. My frustration, my fear is different. Nevertheless, as a citizen, I think like the French, we Americans can protest and can say we need change. We need to make sure that however this happened, we put things in place after we have made it through this so that it never happens again. So again, I ask you this word protest, this value, um, how does it relate to what you've been doing over the last few days and weeks of this crisis? And how can you do more of it? Have you called your senator or your representative? Do you even know who your representative is? If not, there's places to find that. Have you written a letter, sent an email? Have you spoken out? Have you reached out to make your voice heard, to stand up and say, this is what is right, this is what is good, this is the common good that I and others are standing for. As always, thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace.